If consumers are amplifying their digital expectations, it's imperative that brands keep pace. Hello, I'm Wilson Raj, and welcome to Reimagine Marketing, where we explore how marketing organizations are reinventing themselves in the age of the digital consumer. Today's episode is Reflections and Projections, Season 1. This episode marks the end of Season 1, but certainly not the end of the podcast. Plans for Season 2 are underway. I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Stephen Hoffmans. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, Wilson. Very excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. I, I do remember it was several episodes ago where you and Justin Fang, one of our other global co-hosts, talked about what this show is all about and the idea behind it and, and some of the topics that we want to explore. No, correct. For me, it was a very exciting journey. I had the opportunity to learn a lot during those uh, different podcasts and the different hosts you had and, and I had. And, and I'm, I'm really excited that we can today discuss some key learnings um, that we had during our different podcasts. And absolutely. And talking about key insights and unexpected moments, you know, there were absolutely a lot of them in all of our episodes. So it'll be exciting to just give our listeners a taste so that they can go back and, and check things out and keep in touch with us. Yeah, correct, uh, Wilson. You had quite some podcasts. And, and one, one of the podcasts that uh, struck me the most is the one with the butcher house as a madhouse. Eh? I was really impressed that a butcher house is measuring actually the volume of traffic uh, before their doorstep and just trying to adapt their marketing strategy based on, for example, the weather, the amount of traffic. That's that's really impressive. That doesn't sound like your next door uh, butcher shop, right? You, you know, Stephen, it definitely does not sound like your next door, you know, your friendly neighborhood butcher. I'm sure they are friendly. But I think in that episode, it was really cool because the whole discussion there with our, you know, our guest, Bernard Marr, who is strategic business advisor and a, and a futurist, it was all about immersive tech. How do you use technologies such as augmented reality, virtual reality? How does it powered by AI to really create these immersive experiences? And, you know, there were a lot of huge examples uh, that were featured in that episode, you know, Ikea, Dulux, you know, Rolex and so on. But then, this particular one, this, this butcher shop was fantastic because this is a family business and they were able to kind of get onto the idea that, you know what, if we knew what is happening outside our shop, right, along the footpath, uh, around the town, around the neighborhood, maybe we can serve them better. And that's exactly what happened, Stephen, where they started putting these sensors out there, as you mentioned, to measure foot traffic and volume. Uh, they also uh, invested in, in mobile applications to send alerts uh, to their customers when they were nearby. Uh, and then uh, the last uh, we heard was they, they were now expanding the types of data they were going to be using. But uh, I think the beauty of this is that this is a small neighborhood shop. So I think the big takeaway is that you don't have to be a giant brand to do data analytics and, and uh, use AI and things like that. Doesn't, the size doesn't matter. You can be a small 
family concern like this and still use the technology to serve customers? I think it's also a nice example of of, of the things we talked about in, in, in the first episode and looking f- at a customer journey and really not looking at only at, okay, how can we better serve our customers from a marketing perspective, but also look at the customer journey itself, the process, and, and how can we use data throughout the different interactions and, and processes and uh, we have with our customers and really, even at, uh, as a small business, try to get to that customer delight. And that's what I found really impressive about that podcast. Marketing is for everybody and data and analytics is for everybody. So that's, that really was for me uh, an unexpected learning. And that's a great summation, Stephen, of that episode. So another thing I found um, really interesting was one of the quotes, and please explain to our audience what, what the quote was about, is, is the fact that CRM, eh, everybody looks at it as a technology, right? A way to go forward and, and improve internal processes. But it's actually a strategy. How should, how should our audience interpret that? Yeah, that quote came from one of the episodes called Digitizing Southern Hospitality, where we had the president of Twitty and Company, which is a small, uh, it's a cool, it's another family business in, in real estate, vacation rentals in the outer banks of North Carolina. And he said it this way, exactly as what he said. He said, you know, CRM uh, for us is not a technology, it's a strategy. Uh, and therefore, you know, being, being a strategy, what they think about is, again, how do they serve their clients their business partners, the community, first and foremost, putting that in the center and then layering the technology on that. One of the interesting things, uh, Stephen, is that the way they made CRM into a strategy was actually to have an all-hands meeting uh, with their data scientists, with their analysts, with marketing people. Uh, Clark said that this meeting was open to anyone in the company. They could come in once a week, look at the data, ask questions, and then be able to take actions from that, you know, whether it's process improvements or switch their collateral or whatever that is. So I thought that was a great example of how you make CRM, you know, firstly a strategy first and then allow the technologies to support you. I think it's also a nice example of the fact that CRM shouldn't, shouldn't be part of, of um, a special club within the organization, right? It should be about collaboration and involving really the whole company into that same strategy. Otherwise, you know, you won't take the full potential of your CRM strategy if, if, if it's not ev- by everybody known. So I like really the example that he says, the meetings are open to everybody and everybody can contribute and think with us to reach our same, our, our goal, our universal goal. So I really, I really like that. Yeah, Stephen, that goes back to your earlier point, right? When you talk about, you know, data is for everyone. It's not just for the customer, right? For their benefit is for the internal collaboration as well. Now, Speaking of quotes, now you had a couple of interesting guests uh, as well that had certainly interesting quotes. And I would never think of this in terms of AI or data analytics should be like the paparazzi, right? You could choose when you could turn it on or off. That was really something. So can you speak to that and the context of that particular quote and the idea behind that? I think it was a quote by Mika and I really really liked it because it made me think in a different way about how data is being collected and used, right? Today, you don't have a, really a choice to, um, sh- to, to when do you want to share your data? Do you want to share your data? And do you want to get, for example, personalized offers? Do you want to get 
um, newsletters, etc. Every time you go on a website, your your data is being collected. And what Miki Miki is actually referring to with her quote is that should we as citizens, as consumers, be entitled to more ownership of our data? Today, your data is owned by the telco provider. It's mm. owned by the retailer. They have your shopping cart data. And actually, if you start thinking about it, why don't we get the opportunity to centralize our old data, all our data and being able to share it with who we want to share it? And, and I think if you imagine that you go to a new supermarket and you can give five years of your his, historic transaction data to get a more personal treatment, I, should, I think that should be allowed or that... I mean, that should contribute to the general perspective of having better consumer and customer uh, relationships. So it, it really struck me for me that data should be owned also by the person itself and maybe not only by all the companies. What What is your perspective on that, Wilson? Uh, for, for me, I had two European guests and it, it was very interesting. But what, you coming from the US, what is your perspective on that? You know, I, I think we're definitely drafting uh, in that direction, Stephen. <laughs> you know, clearly, you know, with what, what's happening with Google, right? You know, their whole not wanting to support third-party cookies, uh, the very recent announcement by Apple to basically get rid of ad tracking on apps, right, in their app store. All this is really, you know, to your point, Stephen, pointing to a little bit more control on the consumer end, right, for their benefit, uh, and then, therefore, in making the the brands work a little bit harder and smarter and more transparently to gain, not just gain the trust, but then to be able to then engage on the consumer's terms. No, it makes sense. I think first-party data, you've said it, eh? first-party data is going to be one of the most important data pieces to act on. So that's why I think it's it could be important that you can decide with my first party data, my 360 customer profile, who do I want to share with? It could be an interesting take for one of maybe of the next sessions we'll have on, on, on one of the further episodes. Absolutely, Stephen. And also, I, I think you know, in your podcast, there was just a really interesting discussion with you and your guests around the, the balance of processes, right? Around internal facing processes around data governance and stewardship uh, and, and journeys. And then what does the external look like? I think there's some tension there. Can you, uh, there were some really interesting points there, Stephen. Yeah, one of the one of the remarks of Ruben was that um, I've explained him the target story, right? Everybody is familiar with the target story and, and the dad and his pregnant daughter, right? Mm -hmm. If not, then please uh, go listen to the episode. And he said to avoid these type of things at Colorado, we first focus on internal processes, like, for example, the smart scale where they say, yeah, we are scanning automatically our fruits so that it's being added to the cash registry. And this allows people at the, at the cash registry and yeah, the, the, the salesperson to talk to the customer and provide a better customer experience. So he said, with AI, first focus on internal processes and then go to external um, processes. But on the other hand, my personal opinion is, shouldn't you be experimenting, for, experimenting from a marketing perspective? The only way you would learn what works for your audience is to put experiments out there, see how people react, look how sensitive it is, um, do some analysis and then scale it, what works, scale it to your bigger audience, right? So start small, experiment and then grow from there. Um, I don't think you should first do all your internal processes 
And that's not what Ruben meant, by the way, but I think there should be a balance between both. And there mm -hmm. are, I think, process, process efficiencies from a customer experience point of view that you can gain, but you shouldn't be waiting to also use that same method to uh, provide better customer experiences, uh, better customer experience for your customer outside. Because I think your competition might be trying at the same time and you could lose competitive edge. Yeah, I think that's going to be, that is definitely, uh, it's going to be a hard balance, right? And I think to your point, Stephen, talking about experimentation and we know from a marketing perspective, you know, it's not just simple A-B testing. You could do multivariate, you could do all kinds of continuous testing, right? Very dynamic over, you know, a range of, of items, uh, whether it's offers or content and timing, et cetera. Uh, and then arcing to what works best. But at the same time, you're right. If you constantly experimenting but not having a point of view, uh, then you might miss you know, some big big targets there. And it shouldn't always be like with a commercial objective. I like the example of the Black Dog Institute, where they are, you know, their Black Dog Institute is an organization that takes uh, care about mental health, and they were adapting the, the the text on their website to better serve actually the people that are visiting their website. You know. You have to understand that um, a person that is going to school and is having a depression is something totally different than somebody who's at the end of his career and, and having a bore out and a depression on, on that stage. So also there, it's about having personal conversations and setting up experience to adapt your message, your website, your, your content to every specific persona. And you could, the only way you can do it is by experimenting and see what fits which profile, right? Absolutely. Uh, now, these things are all working together. And, you know, as we kind of recap some of these things, it's really difficult to separate loyalty, trust, uh, digitizations, you know, real-time journey orchestration. It's hard to separate all those things into different pieces. They all have to work together. And in our series, you know, we have a range of conversations with Daniel Newman that really hit on all of those things uh, through our Experience 2030 research findings. So again, the world is getting kind of more integrated from a marketing perspective, and there's the opportunity, but there are also challenges there. Definitely. Cool. You know, as, as we've told our, our listeners, you know, this is certainly not the end of our series. It's, it's actually it's going to be the beginning of a new one. But uh, let's give a taste of you know, what some of some things uh, that we are, you know, curious about, uh, and maybe some of the topics that we like to explore more uh, in season two. And I know Stephen, in, in having you know conversations with you, and certainly you know Justin, who will join us uh, back in season two, there were some really exciting things that uh, that you had lined up with your guests and some of the topics that that you're going to be exploring. You want to care to share some of those with us? I think one is fan experience, right? Uh, we have the Euros in in Europe coming up, and eh? the European soccer qualifier, the, the European soccer, European soccer games are coming up actually. So, fan experience is a major topic. We are still not allowed to travel a lot. Stadiums cannot be fully exploited. So, mm -hmm. how do do you bring that European experience, that you, those different European soccer? How do you bring them in the household? So that's going to be a very very important questions because I think those marketers working at um, the different unions, national soccer unions in, in Belgium and the Netherlands, for example, um, they will have to come up with a, a quite bold marketing strategy to, to, to bring, I think, that same experience to everybody's household. I think another one is going to be marketing planning. And 
the reason of marketing planning and how should you organize yourself around marketing planning and marketing planning it's a hard topic not everybody likes to be tracked not everybody likes to put everything in in rigid plans so having agility in your marketing planning having creativity in your marketing planning and having a plan actually right like um you need really a dashboard eh? so one of the quotes was you really need a dashboard that allows you to steer your organization if you don't have a plan you cannot steer in the right direction you cannot yeah. adapt it so so a very interesting conversation there uh, for season two around uh, marketing planning. Man, I can't wait, Stephen. And, and speaking of that fan experience, I think it's a great topic. And, you know, maybe you can have a separate podcast around that whole Super League thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was really something. I think it really spoke to the power of the fans uh, in terms of what they expect from uh, from these clubs. It'd be super interesting to address. I can't wait. And you're right, planning can be, a, you know, Marketers is always it's an afterthought, but uh, can't wait for your conversations around how how important that is and, and how dynamic it needs to be right in today's digital world. For season two, I've got a couple of things. Uh, you know, one is obviously the evolution of customer experience. You know, we've always been focused on engagement, which is great, but now the question becomes: How do we make that more participatory? How can consumers not just engage? but participate with the brands in the journeys and content and customer experience. And then, of course, our favorite topic is around that whole AI-powered marketing and customer experience, right? That important balance between offloading very complex tasks to AI, but then balancing that with human intelligence, right? Human judgment, human creativity. I think that will still continue to be an important topic as we move forward. So, wow. Definitely a lot of things to uh, look forward to in season two, Stephen. Yeah, very interesting. And also on um, both of the topics you mentioned, looking forward to to hearing more about them. The one is about, uh, the, the second one is about choice and control, right? right? Everybody talks about implementing and, and automating customer processes, but we always need a human touch, right? Without a human touch, it won't work. So very interested uh, in that conversation and see how that works out. Yeah, Stephen, I, I think that's a great place to end uh, this episode. We start with AI and technologies, and then there's the human touch. So I, I love how we just kind of really brought it home there. So that's it, folks, uh, for season one of the Reimagine Marketing Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please head on over to sas.com forward slash Reimagine Marketing Podcast, all one word. To catch up on all of your uh, our season one content and other bonus materials, please stay in touch with Stephen and Justin and myself uh, and share your topic or guest ideas by emailing us at reimaginemarketingpodcast, all one word, at sas.com. Now, we're also super excited to share that you will now find us on our own dedicated channel. Just search for Reimagine Marketing on your favorite podcast platforms and subscribe so that you can continue to catch us uh, as we drop uh, new content later this summer. So don't forget to join us when we return with more personalities, paradigms, and practices on the future of marketing and CX. Thank you for listening. <laughs>